Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com.
afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Sestabani, and I am your host for the next hour and a half. Jackie Smith is um, currently on the Rainbow Tour. You know, she's off in um, California. She will be coming back uh, tonight. In fact, she arrives in Michigan at 10 p.m., which is why she is not on the show with me um, today. Uh, we have a lot of exciting stuff to announce before I, uh, of course, get into our encore presentation for Beltane of uh, the astrology of Venus. Um, first of all, starting next Tuesday, we will be doing a whole month of the Coventry Magic Book. Uh, if you would like to pick up your copy of the Coventry Magic Book, you can go to www.coventrycreations.com Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com If you are, uh, of course, Coventry is our uh, sponsor of our show. Uh, You can uh, reach me off the air by going to www.psychicfriendsnow.com And also, uh, like us on Facebook at Keeping, that's without a G, Keeping It Magic. That's right, Keeping it magic. Uh, so we have an encore presentation uh, today of a show with uh, Jackie Smith, Dorothy Morrison, and myself. Um, it is about the astrology of the planet Venus and how to use it um, magically. So I hope that you all enjoy the show. Um, remember, check out our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. On the first page of a story, the future seems so bright, and the thing turned out so evil. I don't know. Love me, 
awake, a sun ray hits your face, smeared makeup as we lay in the wake of destruction. Hush, baby, speak softly. Tell me you're awfully sorry that you pushed me into the coffee table last night so I can push you off me. Try and touch me so I can scream at you not to touch me. Run out the room and I'll follow you like a lost puppy. Baby, without you, I'm nothing. I'm so lost, touch me. Then tell me how lucky I am. But this will always love me. Then after that, shut me. In the aftermath of the destructive path that we're on. But we know that no matter how many now we put in each other's back Then we'll have each other's back Cause we're that lucky together we move mountains Let's not make mountains out of mohills You hit me twice, yeah, but who's counting? I may have been to three times, I'm starting to lose count But together, we'll live forever We found a huge problem Now love is crazy, we're nuts But I refuse counseling It's time to do huge If you move out, I'll burn on 2,000 Square feet of it to the credit You can do about it Cause with you, I'm in my mind without Everybody and welcome to Keep It Magic. My name is Jackie Smith, and I'm here with my co-host, the amazing Storm Sestavani. And we have an exciting show for you today. Of course, we have an sh- exciting show for you every Tuesday. Um, and this one, you might want to put your seatbelts on because there's a lot that's going to head into your brain off of this show. We're going to talk about the moons and the Venuses and where they are and all that happy jazz. So if you have a question on our show, pick up the phone and give us a call at 760-539-3235. And while you're listening to the show, uh, if you're uh, looking at the Internet right now, make sure you check out our sponsor at CoventryCreations.com and even do it while you're not listening to the show because I tell you what, no matter what your problem is, if you have a problem in your life about anything, love, money, romance, Venus, moon, we have a handle for that. Holla. <laughs> now, my friend Storm, you can reach him off the air at psychicfriendsnow.com or like his fan page on Facebook at facebook.com slash astrogossip. And you can find our show at keepitmagic.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, and you get all the juicy details if you friend us on Facebook. And you can find us at keepinitmagic.com or keepitmagic. I'm sorry, keepinitmagic on Facebook or keepitmagic on Facebook, either one. So um, we had a, why did we choose this song, Storm? Why did we open the song, open the show with this song? Oh, it's evolved. So last week we talked about, of course, all of these women that were um, on the different social networks that were talking about how Rihanna was stupid for breaking up with Chris Brown because he was so hot and um, that they were turned on by him and all these other things and that they would love to be beat up by him and everything else. And, you know, we were kind of saying, you know, so Rihanna made a choice not to be involved in a relationship with somebody that beats her up. Mm -hmm. And then lo and behold, she is now back in a relationship with Chris Brown. (laughs) 
know if she was taking the advice from the abusers or not. Well, before we get into in-depth in this discussion, you know we want Dorothy to weigh in. Yeah, i got to hear what Dorothy has to say. You know, and, and our special guest for all of February is Dorothy Morrison, and this is our third show with Dorothy Morrison in February. And, of course, February is the month of love. Even though Valentine's Day is over, let's face it, we're all recovering from it. So, Dorothy, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. We are so happy to, to have you here this month. And to find Dorothy online, go to wickedwitchstudios.com. And I think all of you should go to your local bookstore and request Dorothy Morrison books today. I think Make they sure they have too. them, go find them, go buy them. Huh. <laughs> See, one of the very many reasons that I love you, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> right back at you, darling. So yeah. w- uh, you heard us talking about Rhiannon. And, and yeah, Chris Brown yeah. and all this hullabaloo. I would I would what like to just shake her until her teeth rattle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, having having been in an abusive relationship, uh, you know, I can promise her that yep, he's really sorry right now, but he's going to keep on doing this, and I hope she gets out of it before he kills her. Fair enough. You mm-hmm. know. Um, there's something that Storm and I were talking about um, about this relationship is, A, it's none of our business. In the long run, in a lot of ways, they're out there in the public with all of their with all their goods hanging out. And really, you know, they get to choose whatever they get to choose. And, and two, you know, they do get to choose whatever they get to choose, but they have made it our business. That's, kind of, that's the problem with being in the public eye. Mm-hmm. You, you know, when you're in the public eye, you know your your life is out there, and you've you've allowed that. It, right, because the second thing is is that you have decided to go in this route in your life and to be a role model, and uh, meaning Rhiannon, uh, but but also you, myself, Storm, we are in the public eye. We're mm-hmm. this radio show puts in the public eye, and and we all have every one of us has our two faces. Our personal face and our, our public face. Um, so there's a lot of things about me I don't share um, on the air and otherwise. And well, you, you know, there are a lot of things about me. me that I don't share either, and I go to great lengths to keep certain things private. But the the fact is that a lot of the, the celebrities do not go to those lengths to, to keep things private, and that's why it's out there. They, they, they've allowed it to, to be out there. Um, right. So, well, it also with with her with okay b- back to that we are in the public eye, um, so we have to we just have to understand that we are role models. We yeah. because it, it comes with the territory. We're leaders. We're leaders in the community. We're leaders in in our in our community in the wider community. And um, that's not to say you know look at me and my ego is saying this. No, this is a responsibility. So there are some things I have I choose because I am a, or or I choose not because I'm a leader in the community. Mhm. Um and I know that I'm a role model. Now, I'm not a role model for millions of tweens across the world like Rihanna is. Um so that's and 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 is it fair to put that on her yes or no cuz this is her love life and this is her life. And and then the other thing I'm thinking about is Wow, we're really putting it on her now, aren't we? The thing here that I think that 
probably should be stated is that right after all of this occurred, Rihanna appeared on Ellen and basically said that she had no desire to be a role model. Um, you know, that basically like. what she was doing was <laughs> what I she was doing so was too. art. Um, and uh, it was her artistic ex- expression. She doesn't force anybody to buy her records. If people want to go to her, buy her records, and people want to go to her concerts, then they they're making that particular choice on their own. Um, and she isn't telling anybody to do anything. At the same time, Billboard wrote um, a uh, a scathing letter to her, which basically her new album is called Talk That Talk. Mm-hmm. And basically what Billboard says is that she needs to talk that talk. And that basically even though that she doesn't see herself as a role model, um, that she needs to accept that in 24-7 news coverage, in uh, a tabloid frenzy society, she is inadvertently going to be elected as a role model for many of these people. And it's just something that she's going to have to accept. What what, what she thinks personally is, of, of course, her choice and her opinion, but Billboard basically stated you know, that's just something in our particular society now. That's what it is that she's just going to have to accept. The interesting <clears throat> component, I think, with with all of this, going into her chart a little bit, is that I was shocked when I pulled her chart because I thought we were going to see a lot more um, water than is in her chart. Um, she really has none. She only has uh, the sun in Pisces, um, which you know, is is addictive, um, uh, has a lot of addictive tendencies and tends to seek that perfect uh, union, that perfect merging with the source. But what I was shocked to see is that her Venus and her moon are both in the sign of Aries, and I really don't see her expressing that particular type of energy at all. Um, So most likely with her it is unconscious, and she's projecting because she's not expressing that fighting um, uh, you know, battle goddess, really. Um, uh, what happens is is that because she has it unconscious, she's going to seek it in the outside world, most likely in her relationships. And it's interesting that she has um, chosen to be attached to some guy that's so volatile. Well, okay, let's, but before we go any further, mm-hmm. let's talk about, because um, we have a lot of people who who don't speak astrology like you sure. speak astrology. So let's talk about the moon in astrology and Venus in astrology, relating specifically to how to look at it in your chart. Um, well, first of all, the moon. One of the easy, if you want to use an image to describe the moon, I would probably lean more towards the Greek Demeter. Um, uh, you know, the Earth goddess. Um, she's concerned with needs. Um, she's concerned with you know making sure that uh, the cycles of time go on. She's concerned with fertility. She's concerned with bodily functions and, 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 and the body. So the moon in our particular chart is our emotions, our feelings. It rules time. It's our connection to our mother. It's our habits. It's our early childhood. And it's our nourishment, or whether that be food, physical, or emotional, that we need in order to feel safe, comforted, and protected, basically. So the key word that I associate with this, or the key phrase, is I need. Okay. All right. Now, what is what is Venus? In- uh, Venus I associate with Aphrodite, um, okay. which we talked about a lot a couple of weeks ago. 
Right. Um, uh, and uh, the interesting thing is, I think, like like I said before, society has really watered down Aphrodite into, you know, the Godiva, Bon, bon Godiva eating, laying on a long chair, um, you know, occasionally will fondle herself, you know, but, you know, for the most part, she's a passive goddess, waiting for Prince Charming to ride up on the horse, I guess. Um, really, um, uh, Venus has nothing to do with that. Venus is, in essence, a solar goddess. She's concerned with developing ourself or the sun rather than she is, you know, our, our physical needs. V Venus could care less if you need to eat a hamburger, okay? She wants to know whether or not um, she can get what it is that she wants, and she's very effective at doing that. Um, she was also a battle goddess. Um, and one of the things, if you think about battle or you think about exchanges with enemies, okay, it is through that particular process that we really teach ourselves about ourselves, we teach ourselves about our, what it is that we truly value, and it reveals more about our inner essence more so than anything else. Um, so Venus has to do with relating, it has to do with open enemies, <laughs> um, it, it, it has to do with our partnerships, business and or romantic, um, and one of the, the major things that I think that people forget about her is that it is through following Venus, it is through understanding how Venus operates in our chart that we truly uh, realize what it is that we value, and basically the key phrase that I have um, with this is I relate. Okay. So you talk a lot about in relationships, you look at the moon and the Venus. Yes. How do they work together? Difficultly. <laughs> they don't like each other. <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm I'm feeling that. I'm seeing this now. But um but we you know we'll get into the Venus aspects a little bit more later but but I just wanted to talk about how what you said earlier to me was that um, the moon is the, the I need, uh -huh. and it is you um, you kind of relate to people. It's a, it's the groundwork for how you yeah. it's the groundwork for how you have relationships with people. Our first love affair in life is with our mother, whether we like it or not, because we come from her womb, and she feeds us whether she's a good enough mother or not, um, she feeds us and that's who we develop our first relationship. And then we kind of, you know, it isn't really psychologically, it isn't until around the age of one that we start to realize there's a daddy that exists. Okay. Um, so so this is where we get that nurturing relationship with yes, the moon. Yes, But then in Venus, what we're doing is we're finding our sense of self within the relationship. We don't really, Venus really is not activated until we um, start to realize that there is an outer world out there. Um, uh, so basically, you know, usually it starts to develop between the ages of two and five, um, you know, which is when we start to have our play dates and we start to meet other children and we go to kindergarten. That's when Venus becomes a little bit more activated at that particular point. The difficulty with this is, and especially in modern society, okay, um, my concern is is that a lot of metaphysical approaches, a lot of um, uh, pagan approaches, a lot of um, uh, religious approaches very much value this moon, okay? Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily 
value this Venus, okay? And I think that if you stay focused very much on the moon and your and uh, for example, if your uh, if your issues with your moon are not solid, okay, it's going to be very difficult to move from moon to Venus. In other words, if you're if you have very large uh, family of origin issues. Um, if you have a lot of difficulty getting your needs met in your relationship, um, if you're constantly worried about whether or not that your boyfriend or husband is cheating on you, um, if you uh, are not able to construct your day in a solid way and you're not able to manage time, um, if you're not able to feed yourself properly, if you're not able to create a schedule, all of the concerns of the moon, if you don't develop this, Okay, and you don't um, get in touch with this particular energy, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to express the Venus. Which is which is how you relate to other people. Yes. Okay. If you're constantly concerned with you, if it's all about you, it's never going to be about them. And if you don't do them, you're not really going to learn about you. Interesting. And so everything is related. Yes. Now, Dorothy, in your Moon Magic book, um, you go through the magical work to do when the moon is in these different signs. And so we were we were talking about how this absolutely relates to maybe where your moon is um and you're not sure um if you weren't sure how to help yourself magically work through that or even heal through that. Well, yeah, you know, there are a couple things that I'm going to say about the the Aries moon sign. Um the you know, the Aries moon people seldom dwell on their problems because they realize that 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 negativity feeds them and that wastes time and time's a valuable commodity. Okay, so <laughs> so so what they do is they take action and they they cut the problem off at the root. The problem is that they act first and they think about it later. <laughs> okay. And and you know uh, and and this can cause a terrible problem. You know Aries. Aries Moon people are really good at magical efforts that involve motivation, efficiency, productivity, um, even even confrontation. Um, I think that what what I'd like to, to, to go through with these these moon signs are some affirmations um, for, for for the different moon signs with Aries. Um, I I am the magic where action is key. But before I act, I look carefully at the events that lead to the outcome. Because it's those events that lead to the outcome that are important normally, not the outcome itself. And all of this is in um, Moon Magic, Everyday Everyday Moon Moon Magic Magic. by Dorothy Morrison. Everyday Moon Magic by Dorothy Morrison, which is published by Llewellyn, and you can get that. You see, this is the whole thing you go into the store and ask for it. They order it for you. Support shop, support your local store. <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm willing. I'm willing to bet you it's on the shelf. <laughs> I it, it every it's on the shelf at, at Candlewick Shop. That's for sure. Well, um, and and if you are wondering what your moon sign is, if you have not had that, where can they go, Storm? Um, you can go to astro.com or you can go to alabe a l a b e dot com and you can run your charge um, uh, on those particular sites. So um, when we take a break in a few minutes, go ahead while the song's playing. Run up, run over there, run your chart. So you'll need, um, of course, the when when you were born, the date and the time. 
would they need the time yet? Um, if you don't know the time, just put in 12 noon. Okay. Um, but, yeah, because you d- just to find your moon and your Venus. Yeah. <laughs> I try and find that every day. So, um, now, Storm, what you have, um, you so graciously provided both Dorothy and I with cheat sheets on um, the stuff that you wrote about the different moons and Venuses, which made us laugh because once we, you wrote it, and then we looked up ours after what you wrote, and we all started laughing because it was right there. Um, so talk to me about Aries moon. The moon in Aries is really, um, first of all, it's a fiery moon. It's more concerned with a potential and possibility and what can be than necessarily um, concrete physical reality. In fact, with the, in Aries moon, reality is probably the last thing that they want to be concerned about, you know, because they would much rather go out into the streets and create energy and uh, be independent and learn about themselves than they would, you know, paying their light bill. Um, productively, <laughs> it's that people that use this productively, you know, that they're inspiring, they're spontaneous, they're enthusiastic, they have an enormous amount of energy, um, they know how to go out there and, and really express what it is that they need, okay? When it is challenging or it's not working properly, they may be reckless, they may be impulsive, um, combative, they like to fight, they like to argue because there's a lot of heat. If you think about arguments, there's a lot of heat and passion in that, okay? Mm-hmm. So nourishment, um, which I think is important for the moon, is in areas that sound through self-expression. So the more that they can express themselves, um, the better off, and, and the more that they will feel um, complete within that moon. And, and, and you said that Rhiannon has an Aries moon, did you not? Yes. Yes. Okay. So she's obviously expressing herself. Through her music, so this is good for her music and her career too, right? Yes. Right, and and you said her her Venus is because she has an Aries. Her Venus is an Aries. Yes. And you were saying that she works with that unconsciously because that's her relationship with other yes. others, and she's not um, developing that self awareness and that self confidence. Uh, well. With Venus being an Aries, the difficulty is is that it is spontaneous and it is energetic and it is assertive. And I think that we see that a bit in regards to, um, you know, her provocative image, you know, doing um, songs called S&M, um, uh, you know, songs with Disturbia. Um, you, you know, I think that we see a bit of it. It's not all completely going to be unconscious. But what I don't see in regards to her relationships is, uh, you know, the battle guard. You know, it, it, put it this way, if a Venus in Aries is acting um, uh, consciously, you know, as, Dorothy, you have Venus in Aries. You yeah. would have taken off your earrings and beat the hell out of him. Yeah. Unless, yeah. unless that hmm. is what's driving her and she needs that conflict. Be- because, well, it, because Venus in Aries needs adventure, passion, and romance, Right. Yeah. And so there's there's the adventure, not knowing what he's going to do next. There's there there's the passion in that that fight, and I'm willing to bet you that when he's being a good boy, he romances her like crazy. Well, interestingly enough, his Venus is in Taurus, so he's into the whole sensual. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he probably is incredible in bed. 
yeah. um, uh, but, you know, which which has its own addictive propensity. Um, you know, there was a uh, a tweet that he sent to her yesterday that basically said, "God, I miss um, your body. Effing you is incredible." Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, the, you know, you want that in public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want that in public. So the tabloids can have that on page six tomorrow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> not on the um, front page, the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the difficulty is, is, is that this can also be a very irresponsible uh, Venus, and it can be self-centered, and it can be argumentative. Um, it would not surprise me with her Venus in Aries the way that it is, and because we don't see a lot of it in regards to her life, um, uh, uh, you know, she may be unconsciously provoking the particular side of him. Interestingly enough, he comes from a family background that is extremely violent. He has never shown any violent tendencies until he hooked up with her. Mm-hmm. So it might be... Um, yeah, that is interesting. So they might, they just might combust when yes. when they come together. Now, magically, with um, with Moon and Aries, if you're feeling positively aspect, if you want to accentuate that independent nature, if you want to accentuate all of that energy, um, that spontaneity, and and taking risks, just feeling that intuition and taking that risk. Um, that would be, I would absolutely use the um, fire energy and will, blessed herbal candle, or the oil or the, the incense that goes with it. What, that what, would would be, you, what would you recommend for them to think about what they're doing before they do it? I think I would probably go with the Vision Quest candle. The reason why is is it's a little more, or the happy home candle, and the reason why is that both of them are a little more self-reflective. Mm-hmm. Even the heart candle is a little more self-reflective. Um, versus I wouldn't do the air inspiration candle because I think that air would just feed the fire. Mm-hmm. I would use the air and the fire candle if you needed to wake up your Aries moon a little bit. Because um, you can go either way, you know, do I need to do more of this? Am I a little afraid of it? Whatever depending on how everything else is aspected. But um, but to counter it, if you're being a little bit too impulsive, um, even like the, the Vision Quest, Heart, and um, Happy Home, I would use that as a combination. Of course, I always encourage you to use the candles, but the uh, candle oil incense blend or even the votives um, to, to understand your, how your actions affect other people. Yeah, you know, I think taking risks is great, and Aries really does chart new territory. But but I also think that it's important to to look at outcome scenarios. <laughs> and and yep. it was, yeah. So thus thus the vision quest. Or the other thing is the amber moon, the amber moon witch's brew, and even the um. Uh, I think that would be the other one I would use. Just take just that inner vision issue um now taurus moving into taurus and actually before we move into taurus we should take that quick break take a breath and then knock those moons out on on our on the other side of this so we have to take a break check out our sponsor coventrycreations.com go get your um astrological chart at astro.com or take a visit to wickedwitchstudios.com and see what Dorothy's been up to. And we will be right back. Do not touch that time. 
Welcome back to Keep It Magic. I'm here with my co-host, Storm Sestivani, and, of course, our favorite special guest, Dorothy Morrison. And if you have a question about your moon, um, make sure you go look it up before you ask us what it is. Or your your Venus, I almost said Virgo. <laughs> I'm the Virgo. If you're Venus, um, give us a call at 760-539-3235. So we were on the Taurus moon which, Storm, you said something really interesting um, on the break relating to our whole conversation earlier. Uh, Rihanna, or Rihanna, um, uh, has, we, we all want to make her the goddess Rihanna for some reason, but Rihanna, <laughs> <laughs> her real name is Robin, so Robin uh, <laughs> has um, uh, her Venus and her moon in Aries, and Chris Brown has his Venus and his moon in Taurus, uh, the, the Taurian uh, moon needs everything sound, productive, stable. It likes structure. It likes foundation. Um, uh, when it's operating in um, a positive way, it can be very sensual, reliable, and consistent. Uh, when it's uh, being challenged, of course, it can be possessive, stubborn, very, very self-indulgent. Um, so basically, this particular what this particular moon needs is form and structure. Now, I'm just going to take a wild, intuitive guess. Mm-hmm. I think that if Rianne, I think that who she is attracts him to her. But I think he would much rather have her at home making him a hot roast beef sandwich and some apple pie. I think you're probably right. And I think that be, I think that probably the attention that she gets. <laughs> The uh, you know the oversexualized image, the fact that you know probably men are at home, um, you know, um, um, <laughs> doing things to her, doing things to themselves as they're thinking about her, um, uh, uh, and there's supposedly a sex tape somewhere, but you know that'll probably come out next. But, um, uh, you, you know, I think that he has probably a very difficult time dealing with all that. I can I can see that like she pushes him to the edge, which you know he's the responsible person for falling off of it. Yeah. Now you say something similar about Taurus, the Taurus moon sign, as well, Dorothy, about being plotting and planning along. Well, 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 well they do. You know, um, Taurus moon practitioners are extremely patient. They don't expect things to to happen overnight because they know that everything that's worthwhile is worth waiting for. Um, but but they see magical efforts as as a construction process, you know, like like they're building a comfortable home, and and they plan and you know uh, and plan uh, so that everything works right to manifest, and they do really well with um, efforts with like long range goals and long range accomplishments. Um, they're, they really are good at building relationships when, when they want to. Um, and those things take patience and tedious handling, and they're okay with that. But, you know, when when Taurus Moon is, um, is, is acting up or acting out, <laughs> they <laughs> are so stubborn. They, they want it their, their way. They don't care if you draw them a, if you know, if someone draws them a picture and says, 
you know, look, here, this is where the problem is. They're not going to go with that. And the other thing is, you know, with, with Taurus, their, their rule of thumb is if a little is good, a whole hell of a lot is much better. <laughs> <laughs> and so they overdo everything. And that can be, just, you know, that, that can just be a cluster when it comes to magic. <laughs> you know, too, oh, yeah. too much. And and so for for the Taurus, um, as far as uh, the Taurus moon information, you know, I am patient. I plan and I plod. I put everything in position. But I must learn to accept that change equals growth and that the laws that rule living in magic lock my opportunity's doors. So, uh, you know, the, the, the stubbornness is what locks them up, and they need mm-hmm. to let go of that. So, so what would you recommend to, to get rid of that stubbornness, Jackie? If stubbornness is the thing that's stopping you, I would do an uncrossing candle um, for that I would, because you're in your own way. Stubbornness is absolutely getting in your own way. Or I would do the out-of-my-way um, Wicked Witch Mojo candle. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I've used that very successfully to get out of my own way, to see the block that I've put in put in there and get that out of my way, and then um, release that and work from a different different place. Works brilliantly, I have to tell you. The other thing I would do potentially do is um, spiritual cleansing, either in the Blessed Herbal or the Hoodoo line, just because you just you get so stuck. It's like you just start gotta start washing it away, you know. Um, so that that helps, but the uncrossing from the hoodoo line, the um, out of my way from the wicked witch mojo, or the spiritual cleansing from any of our lines. I would use any combination of those. Right, and then, but if you are if you have not embraced your Taurus aspect, if you find you're really impatient, and you're negatively aspected that way, it keeps pushing you into impatience. I would I would put in. Um, I think I would do something crazy like, like well, of course, the earth candle to pull that earth back in. But I think I might do something crazy like skills of justice just to, just to you know, weigh things out and, and and find that when you're patient. Scales of justice helps helps with patience a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, that'd be, that would be an interesting little thing. And um, what about Gemini moon? Um. I wouldn't want to sit down and have a cry fest to the Gemini moon because they wouldn't tolerate it. They don't really like um, a lot of emotions. Um, <laughs> it can be overwhelming to them. Um, it basically, the way that, what a Gemini moon needs is it needs to learn, it needs to communicate with others, it needs to have inter- exchanges in which they can begin to uh, start to find out meanings and associations and be able to label things. Um, in a proper sort of way. Um, it's inquisitive, it's sociable, it's lighthearted. Um, when it's not working properly or um, when it's challenging, it can be superficial, it can be shallow, it can be noncommittal. Um, sometimes it has a really hard time making decisions, um, which it has in common with, um, with Libra. Um, basically, the way that if, if you have the moon in Gemini or you're in love with the moon uh, in Gemini, the way to make them feel nourished 
is basically through knowledge and intellectual pursuits. The more that they know, the better. Um, <laughs> don't get caught up in an emotional excess. Uh, uh, because they're just not going to relate to it, and they're going to, uh, uh, you know, as you're in the room seething with a Gemini moon and, you know, passionate and angry and upset, they're going to dissociate and go into the uh, into the garage to read Auto Mechanic magazine. <laughs> now, what do you have for Gemini moon, Dorothy? You know, um, as far as magical practitioners go, Gemini... Um, knows how to communicate. They understand the importance of being specific when when they're working magic and they don't forget to to dot their I's or cross their T's and they don't leave anything to chance. Um, so normally whatever magic they perform manifests with expected results and in record time. Um, but when it's in detriment the Gemini moon is extremely airheaded, <laughs> and <laughs> and it ricochets from one thing to the other. You, you know, just ju- just like uh, Storm was talking about. Oh well, I'll just pick up this magazine now. You know, they they do that kind of thing in magic too, and so uh, this often causes them to start new projects before the old ones are done. And when you do that in magic, that's a mess. That's a hot mess. So. Um, you know, they need to learn to concentrate when it co- and focus when it when it comes to magic. Um, I think a good affirmation for for Gemini would be, um, "I hold the magical key to the word, whether it's verbal or written. My thoughts are well focused, and they come across well." Um, as as focus shifts toward pure clarity, I manifest everything I desire. Hmm. I like that. I like that. So what I would say if you, um, either and either end, if you need to bring in more Gemini energy, if you don't have enough, I would say the intuition, affirmation candle, the inspiration, blessed herbal candle, I would even go as far as saying on the um, the witch's brew, I would bring in the evil eye candle because just to bring in that um, clarity of thought, spiritual protection and clarity of thought on, on that one. Um, now, if, if you were flipped, I would still, I <clears throat> if you were flipped, I would use the eye of newt candle on the witch's brew because that's going to clear out that negative that negativity, that jumbled up stuff. And, and what will that also help? help them to focus. Yep. Yep. Um and then the in the uh in the Wicked Witch Mojo line I would use the poof candle to poof all that confusion away. Mm-hmm. I think the the um or and or bringing in the earth energy. Either the goddess affirmation or the earth blessed herbal candle to anchor it down. Okay. Um and that's so if you're looking at oh I can't get I can't get focused on this I can't I can't focus on say one relationship I can't focus on my own needs um that kind of thing um, bring in that earth energy and that poof energy to kind of poof away that that confusion um now storm I who we, you have a couple of charts in front of you let us know when we're running across sure. one of our own moons um i, I we 
Ellen's husband, you know, come come flower to her husband in a Gemini, and she wanted to know if I knew him. <laughs> so I told her I am him. So. <laughs> Do you have Gemini moon? No, you're uh, right. No. No, I was going to say. Um, okay, so Cancer moon. Um, I'm going to put a little phrase on this one, which I think you all will find humorous. Mm-hmm. It's, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. <laughs> um, the moon in Cancer, first of all, the moon rules the sign of Cancer, so it's excessively emotional. Mm-hmm. It's changeable. Um, it, 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 it likes to initiate things. It doesn't necessarily like to finish them, but uh, it uh, is really about emotional security. Um, and it's receptive, you know, like I said, nurturing. And it's also very, very maternal, whether it wants to be or not. Uh, when it's challenging, it can be very, very insecure. It can be very, very moody. It can be very, very clannish. Um, one of the problems with this particular moon is that they tend to overcompensate for all of these feelings by try- trying to be airy and trying to know how to handle things, and they just make a big, huge, gigantic mess of it. Uh, uh, you know, because air is not necessarily their particular element. Um, uh, you know, they, like I said, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Now, if it is a cancer, if you're dealing with a man with moon and cancer. God, God help you. <laughs> you may need to get him to divorce his mother um, uh, more so than anything else. Um, but basically, nourishment for the moon and cancer is found through emotional connections with families uh, and others. They really need uh, isolation. Um, is very, very paralyzing for them. That's interesting. I'm thinking to myself how many characters and books that I've read, I would love to do their astrological chart, really, because it is. <laughs> Do you know what I do? This will sound crazy. When I, and one of the reasons why I love reading and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm a fiction addict, that's how I taught myself a lot of astrology, is that I would create astrology charts for all these characters. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Have fun. But doesn't it sound like fun? Oh, the things, the things. Okay. So, Dorothy, the magical practitioner who has their moon in cancer. You know, um... Cancer Moon is ruled by is very intuitive. Uh, they they seem to people have this seem to know what you need even before you do, and they go to great lengths to to make it happen. Um, they can effortlessly create sacred space, and it's a perfect space where magic can grow and flourish. And this makes them excellent candidates for efforts involving home matters, gardening, love, healing, as well as those that um, require an inordinate amount of intuitive uh, power or psychism. But they also have huge issues with emotional security. They don't trust well. And, you know, it's one thing not to trust somebody with your heart or your innermost secrets, but that lack of faith spells huge huge amounts of trouble when it comes to magic because you have to trust the, the universe to deliver the result you ask for. <laughs> so, and, and if you don't, you're just sabotaging yourself. So I think um, Cancer Moon needs to think about this. I am the magic that creates the space where the manifestation of magic takes place. And though it is comfortable there in that spot, I learned to place trust in the realms that are not perfect or flawless 
or certain or sure, for that is where magic flows true, straight, and pure. So they need to learn to trust. What, what would you do for them? Learn to trust. Wow, you know, um, this one's a little bit, this one's a little tough. Hard. Well, the reason being is that you're not a watery type, Jackie. That, this is going to be very difficult. It's too, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's too dependent on other factors, and it's too empathic. Um, uh, there would be the heart candle, the heart yeah. candle, and the healing candle, and um, and the and the moon candle, the heart, the healing, and the moon, and really, um, that's what I would do to just to just keep that magical and get that trust going in that magical energy, trusting yourself. Um, the, but the other one that I would use if I wanted to swap one out is instead of the healing candle, maybe doing the inner beauty on the affirmation line. And the reason being is that the inner beauty is that trusting yourself. It's believing in yourself and then thus believing in the universe, finding that spark of God within. Um, that would be a very interesting. Now, if you are completely disconnected, because you know, I, I've seen those cancers, cancer moons who... Deny, deny, deny. There's no such thing as a ghost, even though, you know, there's scratches on their back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that, that again, you know, again, I would use a similar thing. I would use the heart candle, um, and I would use the emotional balance candle. With that, I would bring that one in to play. Oh, I think the emotional balance candle would work wonders. Yeah, because it gets them in touch with it. Um it, without it being overwhelming. That's why it's called emotional balance <laughs> versus just emotional flow. Um, Leo moon. The Leo moon, first of all, let me, Dorothy and I have different um, definitions for intuition, which I probably need to explain here. Um, uh, uh, in my particular language, her word for intuition I would probably use as more empathic. Um, uh, because of the fact that it is an empathism is more of an emotional connection or a watery connection, I think than than you know the traditional definition of intuition, which intuition is more looking into the future. It's not really concerned with the now. Um, it's concerned with um, potential and possibility and what's going to happen and what might be and what type of dramas and mythologies that we can create in our head. And the reason I bring this up with Leo is that Leo has not, the moon in Leo has not met a drama it hasn't liked. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they definitely like to uh, express themselves and they like being appreciated by others. Um, when it is productively used, it's very self-confident, it's loyal, it's big-hearted, um, it will give you the shirt off of its back. When it's challenging, it can be very, very prideful. Um, it can be vain, it can be egocentric, um, uh, and, uh, you know, the type of food or the nourishment that the moon and uh, Leah needs is by being authentically themselves. Uh, a lot of times the, uh, the difficulty with Leo is that they're so busy trying to intuit what everybody likes that they quit being themselves. Interesting. Now, what about that mental practitioner who has the moon in Leo, Dorothy? Well, you know, I, I think people with Leo moon are really, really powerful when it comes to magical workings because they never second-guess themselves. They, they know what they want. They know what they're doing. 
they also know that everything they do is going to meet with success. It couldn't be otherwise, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so they do very well with efforts that involve self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth, uh, as well as those that uh, call for a restructuring of personal characteristics or reinventing one's life. And and that's really good stuff. But, you know, in, in its detriment, Leo Moon is full of itself. <laughs> it's, uh, you know... It, it has an arrogance that you seldom find in other signs. Uh, sometimes it has a know-it-all attitude, a lack of respect for the universal plan, and tends to skip important magical steps because, huh, well, you know, their stuff's going to work anyway. Um, you know, they can't be bothered with the slightest annoyance because it's beneath them and their stature. For this reason, they tend to get frequent wake-up calls from the universe that knock them flat on their asses and make them wonder what happened when it comes to magic. <laughs> and and I, I have a real good friend with a Leo Moon, and I have seen this happen. And when, when the universe knocks them on their ass, I mean, it's a big thump, you know. Um, so, so for, for them, um, I think this is a good affirmation. I am the lion, and strong though I am, I adhere strictly to life's cosmic plan. Though I am the matrix from which magic flows, I'm respectful of forces that make magic grow. So I humble myself and follow the way of the natural path of all magic today. I do like that. I, I adhere strictly to life's cosmic plan. That's one of the things that Leos don't like to do because they want it their way. Um, well, of course I do. <laughs> A little thanks to that to hide it in my way. Um, on the if you haven't felt your Leo yet, <laughs> if you need a little boost in your Leo, I forbid. <laughs> I would I would have to say um, Crown of Glory, um, the male energy is the sun, um, even Lucky Seven, just really feeling that feeling that that I'm of course it's going to work out. I'm a Lucky Seven. Um, the success affirmation candle, all of those, any of those combinations for you. Just, just feel it, feel it, feel it. Um, but then you need a little practicality in there. I would throw in the Earth stability candle, or now if you want to bring it into balance because your ego, Leo meet ego, ego meet Leo. Um, I think the one of the best ones that just keeps running through my head is the witch's brew. Because the witch's brew helps bring down the divine. <laughs> the witch's brew helps you find your place and and all of that. Um the other one is um uh you know, on the if you need to boost up a little bit of Leo, um, who's your mama? Mhm. And red stilettos are are two and if you need to boost up that Leo a little bit. But if you need to bring it into balance, there's that inner balance candle, which helps you again find the divine. Um and the uh, tranquil home and the hoodoo candle is again helps bring that Leo back to balance. So, that those are two really good ones. Now we could move on to Virgo, or we could take a quick break. Um, let's get Virgo out of the way. Okay, and let's take a break. Oh, okay. We can do Virgo. Then we can come back and do Jackie, and then Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bye. 
So tell me about Virgo Moon. Uh, the Virgo Moon is pretty interesting. Um, it likes to analyze. It likes to categorize. Uh, it really likes order. It does not like things out of place at all. In fact, that would make a Virgo Moon feel very, very insecure. Um, when it's being productive, it's practical, uh, discriminating. It's dutiful. When it's challenging, it can be very petty, skeptical, and obsessive-compulsive, like you wouldn't believe. Um, the best way to feed the moon in Virgo is through reliability and physical consistency. Okay. So the Virgos need the consistency. Yeah. They need order. Out of, they like to make order out of chaos. All right. Yeah, you but know. I can, I can concur. They, they are the button counters of the universe when it comes to magic. <laughs> you know, every, everything has to be in its place. And, you know, they um, they plan every step so that one thing flows flawlessly into the other. And, you know, it's a perfectly orchestrated effort. And so seldom does anyone with a Virgo moon meet with anything but success magically. The problem comes in when things don't go according to plan. And we all know that things seldom go according to plan. Virgo's persnickety. And it forgets that magic doesn't always subscribe to the laws of logic or order. So when things go awry, they have trouble picking up the ball and improvising. They just sit there wishing that they'd allowed for the problem instead of getting the gumption to fly by the seat of their pants. And so things fall flat. Um, I think a good affirmation for Virgo Moon is this. A magical engineer, though I am, I embrace changes that occur in my plans. Regardless of structure, I twirl with the flow, applying the creative force as I go. I check for all problems before they arise, so magical efforts won't be jeopardized. As you were talking and as Storm was talking, I just kept thinking, when your Virgo is gets a little heavy <laughs> and weighs you down, pan uh. candle. The pan candle, the come to mama, the um, the uh, come to me candle, the uh, red stilettos, all those things that are more um, impulsive. Mm-hmm. Even the fire energy and will being a little more burning through stuff a little bit faster. Now, if you're having a hard time getting your Virgo going, the earth candle, the earth candle, the healing candle, the earth candle, the healing candle. Just things that are that are really going to ground you. I think I would take the fire candle and insert it into the anus and light it up. That's what I would do. Yes. Listen, yes. Me too. It's one of the few things I don't have in Virgo, so leave those Virgos alone. <laughs> <laughs> leave my Virgo alone. So on that. I don't know if I would want to put Virgo any more into its body. <laughs> I do know. I do know some Virgos who um, just flip it. The, the opposite way, and they—they, they, it's so negatively aspect they can't get a grasp on it. Mm-hmm. But it makes them obsessive compulsive. So, so they don't—it never gets grounded where they can find any traction on it, um, because every it keeps slipping through their fingers. <laughs> but on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Um, do not go away. We're going to address the rest of the moons, and we're going to try and get through some Venuses as well. So do not touch that dial. We will be back in just three minutes and 47 seconds. Summer after 
Live with Jackie Smith, me, Storm Sestavani, him, and our favorite, Dorothy Morrison. And we're talking about your moon and your Venus. And I'm not talking about the dirty versions of them either. So we we have left off at, um, at, we just finished the moon in Virgo. But before we go on, we just want to let you know that we are extending the show a bit. We might go over some, so if you can stay with us and go through your Venus at the same time, um, uh, that's great. And if not, go over to iTunes and find us on Keep It Magic, or hit the like button on the Blog Talk page, and you'll let we'll uh, give you a notification of the show when it's coming up. And you can always download the uh, podcast. And you can also find the podcast on keepitmagic.com. And while you're listening, if you want to browse some beautiful things, go over to wickedwitchstudios.com, and you'll see some of the great stuff that Dorothy Morrison is creating for us. So are we ready to go on to that um, moon in Libra? Uh, well, this is Jackie's moon. Um. <laughs> oh, and he's looking um. at your chart, Jackie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more I could go into with Jackie's moon, but I we're think, on the I air. Think Storm, I think Storm keeps my chart pinned to the wall because I, I frequently call him and go, all right, what's going on today? <laughs> <laughs> now Dorothy's going to start calling. <laughs> now what's going on today? Um, I may. The moon, in Libra, <laughs> the moon in Libra needs to cooperate. Um, uh, it, it really needs to feel balanced in regards to its relationships with others and experience beauty and harmony. Um, uh, the image, what it is that they're wearing, um, not from a physical point of view, but from an ideological point of view. <coughs> Jackie. Um, Did you just say what they're wearing? Yeah. <laughs> What they're, what they're wearing, um, because it's what it is that they're presenting to the outer world. And if they don't feel that it is the right ideological representation, they'll completely freak out about it. Um, um, which, which Storm is making fun of me. Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> I had a meltdown today because um, I did not like my choice for my stage debut when I do my torch song um, at a at this lovely place in Detroit. So. <laughs> now, when the moon is uh, in Libra, it's productive, it's relatable, um, it's easygoing, it's gregarious. Um, when uh, it is not uh, uh, being used productively, it can be indecisive, overcompromising, and vain, but vain in a different way than Leo. Leo is vain because of the fact that they know that they're the cat's meow. Um, uh, the moon in Libra is vain because it wants to be pretty. <laughs> Nourishment uh, for, for the, the moon and Leo is found through partnerships and relationships with others. Okay. Now, and what kind of magical practitioner am I, Dorothy? <laughs> well, you're extremely balanced. <laughs> that, that's good, huh? Uh, you know, Libra Moon brings an equilibrium to, to magic that no other personal moon sign can, can boast um, because they are able to float effortlessly between the spiritual and the mundane. Do you like that, Jackie? It's kind of what I do. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and you know, uh, they not only understand the theories of cause and effect and action and reaction, but they also understand uh, why a magical system of checks and balances is necessary. They know how to put those magical components in place so that magic flows in flawless measure. Um, for these reasons, 
if you'd like to get a perfect example of what Dorothy just said, go get a copy of Coventry Magic. Because I don't know, there's the why is that thing, the, the exercise, the uh-huh. exercise of the seven steps. So I've, got, I've got a whole, I've got several systems to choose from. Yes, you do. Yes. And they're, they're all good. Here's your systems. perfect example of Libra Moon. <laughs> so, so the Libra Moon practitioners do well in, in um, efforts that involve balance and fairness, good judgment, justice, that, that kind of thing. Now, when it's in detriment, though, Libra gets caught up kind of in a magical juggling act. It gets so concerned about perfect balance that it plays the on one hand this, on the other hand that, what if, what if game, until the world looks level. And then it has difficulty making a firm decision about anything. So when it's in detriment, nothing ever gets done. And magic just sits on the shelf and it waits and it watches and it wonders if anybody's ever going to let it loose. <laughs> and and I'm not going to go it will, it will light 99 different candles, uh, Dorothy, to make yeah. sure all their bases are covered. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and I'm not going to go through the, the moon affirmations for, for the rest of the show. If anybody wants those. Get them in our they, book. Yeah, yeah, they can go get a copy of, of Everyday Moon Magic, and that will cut our time a little bit. Okay. So, now, um, Jackie, since that, that's your moon, it, I'm sure you don't have any of those problems. But, but so she can only pick one do. candle. Yeah, yeah, yeah what candles <laughs> only pick get? one candle, it would have to be everything and then some. Um, but seriously, I think that if you are getting wishy-washy, which I know nothing about, but if you're if you're like if you have to talk to 14 different people to make one decision, you need everything and then some, and you need crown of glory, and you need inner balance. I said one. This is why I'm always removed. <laughs> She's covering her faces. She, she, she can't tell her face because I currently have three, six, nine, twelve candles burning. So um, the but I think that goes in either direction. If you need to amp up your Libra. Or if you need to to level it out, and listen, look at me how I'm describing this. It's bringing it all into balance. So we're gonna stop making fun of me, and we're and gonna make move fun of Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and me and I all get to make fun of me. <laughs> uh, the moon in Scorpio needs deep involvement, and it needs intense transformation. This is not an individual. Um, that takes life in a superficial sort of way. Um, it really looks at things hardcore. Um, and if it can't look at things in a hardcore sort of way, it's not really uh, interested. Um, it will uh, apply itself to everything in just a hardcore sort of way. Um, when it's used productively, it's transforming, magnetic, and mysterious. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it is challenging, it can be sarcastic, jealous, and possessive. And it has not forgotten a trespass since the second grade. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Well, actually, not not since the second month. Are you kidding? <laughs> I remember you know, he did not put chocolate with their mother who who didn't feed them. You know, on day three at seventy two. You know. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, nourishment for the moon in Scorpio is found through emotional consistency. Okay. Yeah. And that, uh, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as far as magic goes, Scorpio Moon is commonly known as the occult sign of the zodiac. And 
And Scorpio Moon does very well with magic because these practitioners do have the ability to cut things through to the bare bones. And then they use it to to their advantage. Um, Magic depends on tapping into and controlling the power of the unseen, and Scorpio does that. And and so their, their real specialty is not just magical efforts, but they're also really good at divination. Now, Scorpio is also extremely emotional. And even though that's the catalyst for all magic, when Scorpio moons in its detriment, Scorpio gets too emotional. They're they're sneaky. <laughs> they uh, they hide their their true feelings away, and they bury them so deeply that sometimes even they can't find them. And not understanding that the emotions already exist, they build them to overflow and magical work. And it's not just overkill. This this causes a huge, huge problem when it comes to magic because things, instead of working correctly, things just explode. Translation, it hasn't met a doom candle it didn't like. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm serious about things exploding. I, I rented a room from a guy one time, and I had three candles going on my altar, and, and it was the altar had a slate top, so everything should have been fine. All three candles exploded at the same damn time and damn near set the house on fire. Damn. See, this is why you never leave a burning candle unattended. <laughs> no, honey, I was there. <laughs> damn. I was there. And this was less than three minutes after I lit those candles. <laughs> so so this Creep. is what overkill can, can can do with a Scorpio moon. Too much energy, too much emotion. <laughs> well, with, with that being said, if you have a Scorpio moon that's gone crazy, spiritual cleansing, mm-hmm. spiritual cleansing and uncrossing, or actually, you know, Van Van. Jackie! <laughs> <laughs> I use Van Van. I, th- I think I must have a case of it here. <laughs> oh. It's a good one. Van, 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 van. Actually, I would go with that in either direction. Um, if you wanted to amp up the occult aspect of it, I'm going to go back to the Wicked Witch. Uh, I'm sorry, the Wicked, the Witch's Brew. Anything from the Wicked Witch Mojo will work, but specifically the Witch's Brew. <laughs> now, let's go to the Sagittarius moon. Um, the interesting uh, thing with the Sagittarian moon is that it has it. it what type of food that it needs is that it absolutely needs to understand the meaning of things. They're always, uh, you know, the word the word why is connected to everything, and they have to understand um, systems in order to be able to see clearly into the future, basically. The moon in Sagittarius, by the way, is very, very good if you like to gamble um, because they know the particular time and why that they should play at a certain point, and that's why they win so much. Um, when it is used productively, it's visionary, open-minded, and freedom-loving. When it's challenging, it's condescending, extravagant, and impractical. <laughs> okay. What about that magical practitioner? Okay. They're, they're natural leaders. Uh, they're confident. They're optimistic. Um, you'll, all, you'll occasionally hear them relating... Um, personal anecdotes about how they reach success against all odds. But, you know, that that's not arrogant because they're quick to, 
to point out um, their faulty decisions. They're good at laughing about themselves. And and that's all in the, the hope that other people won't fall into their, their trap. They have into those traps. They they have an attitude of if I can do it, you know, so, so can you. Um, so so they are very empowering, um, and they dole out these well needed pats on the back. Sagittarius practitioners excel when it comes to efforts that involve independence, success, victory, goal accomplishment, um, as well as anything that requires self confidence. The problem is that these particular moon practitioners also have a real desire to uncover the truth, <laughs> and and they pick things apart. Um, they want to know how magic works, why it works, what what <laughs> makes it work like it works. Uh, and that go on and on and on. They mess it up beyond all recognition. You know, by the time they're done at Fubar. Um, mm-hmm. They get so caught up in the awe and wonder of it all that they all, all they often forget about two really important things: that magic works, regardless of how, why, or what, and the original reason they wanted to perform the magical effort to start with. <laughs> so now, what what would you do for the Sagittarius Moon? Um, if you need to amp it up. Um, I would say the success candle, the everything and then some, or the sun candle. Um, if you need to, to bring it back in balance because it needs to understand, like, it's the meaning of life and it can get a little little whiny on that one. Um, Sagittarius moon. Um, interesting. I'm not sure what I would use for that one. I think I would probably do the earth to bring it back into the earth energy and to maybe you know what needed changes needed changes banishing that's what i would use um and okay store i'm done <laughs> i only got six candles there you know we're improving so so the next the next moon is both storm's moon and my husband's moon okay the moon in capricorn we're the best moon that's my Leo that's saying we're the best it needs structure organization and social accomplishments um, when it is used productively it's disciplined hard working uh, and constructive now challenging it can be very obsessed with order it can be cold it can be constricted um, what the moon and Capricorn needs is found through their career and their relationship with the outer world mm-hmm. always planning for the future are you <laughs> Dorothy, how about our, our Capricorn moon Well, magic? you know, uh, Capricorn um, has that common sense approach when, when it comes to, to life, so they're probably the most pragmatic of all the practitioners. Um, they they tend to, they, they don't get upset. If they don't, if they're working a magical effort and they don't have something that a particular spell calls for, they use whatever they've got on hand to get the job done. They also understand that, that less is more. Um, they make great teachers. They always see the big picture. Um, they they also, when they go into to working an effort, they also understand how that magic is going to affect other people. And that's, that's really important. Um, so they also they make excellent candidates for all efforts. So, see, you're, you're kind of right, Storm. It is almost the best moon sign. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I stated in the chat room that pragmatic is which speak for best. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if you look at this, Dorothy, this is what's going to shock you also. I wrote, uh, you notice that my Cappy Moon wants one candle because less is more and Jackie wants 300. Good <laughs> <laughs> Over all my bases. How funny is that? Uh, the, you know, uh, long-term goals, uh, things that, that require planning or efforts that require an extra dose of strategy or logic. Uh, great things for great, great magic for, for Capricorn. But uh, the, now you're not going to like me anymore because now we're going to talk about Capricorn Moon shortcomings. Because they're such practical planners and they're so tied into logic, strategy, and personal responsibility, they tend to think their way is the only way. And this Amen. can cause all kinds of problems when it comes to their students or even something as simple as a magical discussion. One slight they're into disagreement, and the guilt trip comes out full force. Not just any guilt trip, but the mother of all guilt trips. And then they lay it on as thick as molasses, never bothering to consider that if they'd only listen, they might actually learn something that could make their magic even more potent than it is. So, so now, do you still like me or not? Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. I think there's a Van Van candle in here, too, somewhere. <laughs> I burn them constantly. <laughs> um, see? Look at how good I am. So the the what I saw in the um for the positive aspect for the um the Capricorn is the Wicked Witchin. If you need to add a little something something for your Capricorn moon, Wicked Witchin. Just get it out there and get her done. Mhm. And then and then the bad aspect? Van Van. Van Van it away. <laughs> so let's go to now the Aquarius moon. That's Patty's moon. Yeah. It needs to be innovative, original, and it needs to challenge the social hierarchy. Oh, again. <laughs> when the moon is in Aquarius, it's used produ- and, and it's productively, uh, used productively as social, revolutionary, and electric. Uh, when it is challenging, the moon in Aquarius is anarchistic, deviant, and impractical. <laughs> um, nourishment is found through relationships with the larger collective and uh, the group mind. So she's a little sabotager, anarchy. Okay, got it. Don't let that sweetness fool you. I'm going to put a big A on her desk. God, we need to get her one of those A rings. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally doing it. (laughs) The the Aquarius moon brings an idealistic approach to, to life, and so when it comes to magic, they're probably one of the most imaginative signs. Um. They they prefer, you know, things that are unconventional. Um, they, they don't like to conform. They're not going to waste time on the status quo. They're going to march their own drummers um, and embrace a, uh, a, a sense of personal independence, but they still do get things done. That ruling water element gives them uh, a, a, a flexibility. So, so they recover really quickly from last-minute changes and also are able to rise to meet challenges. And so that makes some excellent candidates for performing efforts that require imagination and inspiration, as well as change, transformation, and freedom. Um, the problem is they seldom consider how the magic they're performing is going to affect the people around them. 
And instead of looking at the big picture, they only worry about what might be to their personal benefit. Um, they tend to think that everything is about them. <laughs> so when it comes to magical operations, you know, everything is not about them. And that that inflated, wonderful Aquarian moon ego part, um, you know, brings them results that they didn't expect and didn't prepare for. That's funny. Now, I'm going to limit it to two candle storm. (laughs) (laughs) Praise be. I would do the uh, Who's Your Mama to amp up that Aquarius moon Mm -hmm. if you need to, um, to make it about you. But um, if you need to um, be less of it about you, I would use the happy home because it, it that is a community. It's more of a community candle, understanding your place within it. That sounds great. Good. Balance. So Pisces, give me some Pisces moons. Um, the Pisces moon really needs to commit themselves to a vision or ideal, um, and work towards its realization. Um, and the reason being that it has to work towards its realization is it can get very, very clouded up in some whack-a-mani really easily. Um, used productively, this is a very poetic moon. It can be very, very emotional. It's excessively empathic. When it's, in, when it's challenging, um, it can be chaotic, unrealistic, and addictive. So these are the people that get addicted to their magic, if they use it. Um, nourishment is found through emotionally merging with the vision and aspirations of the collective. Okay. Dorothy. Pisces um, is probably the most sensitive of all the the moon signs, and because of its uh, association with the water element, it can be extremely powerful magically. Um, it's also one of the most adaptable. It has the ability to roll with the flow and determine when mundane action is more appropriate than that of a magical nature. So that's that's really good. Um, it's often because of the, the mundane steps set that they set into motion that the magic they set into motion works, and they understand that too. So uh, if you've got a Pisces moon, you would excel at efforts that involve flexibility and change, motivation and action, um, as well as things like... Um, Soothing raw emotions like jealousy, fear, anger, that kind of thing. Um, On the downside, hurt feelings rather than anger usually comprise the largest problem for practitioners with a a Pisces moon. And that's because Pisces tends to stifle the hurt, and once pushed aside, it festers into other magical obstacles like loss of self-confidence, poor self-esteem, other insecurities like that. And... You have to be confident when you're working magic. They um, they tend to litter their little minds with with self doubt and second guessing, <laughs> and and you know the Pisces moon wonders if magic is really going to work, but begins to think that no effort performed theretofore ever really did work, and finally Pisces just gives up. It decides to leave the magic to those more powerful, more knowledgeable, or better suited to that type of work. Hmm. Um, on the on the positive side, it sounds like Pisces is a lot about the lesson is a lot about boundaries mm-hmm. and make, make them movable, mutable, using them, staying with them, et cetera. 
So I'd really use a sacred space candle because that's what that's about. It's about boundaries. It's about your own personal sacred space and respecting that um, rather than giving yourself over or being too empathic or too intuitive, um, knowing when to turn it on and turn it off. So I would use a sacred space blessed herbal candle for that. And then um, uh, on, on the flip side of that, um, I would, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to um, our witch's brew candle because it, it helps put things back in balance because of what, what the uh, ingredients in that one are, or even the inner balance candle. I like those two for that one. Okay, so I did three. Now, <laughs> with that being said, we're going to take one last break. And, and then we're going to do Drive-By Venus. Drive-By Venus. I love it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to um, sing um, Hey Baby, She's Got It the entire time. Okay, so... Do, do not go away. We're almost done. We're going to take you through Venus and understand, help you understand why your moon and your Venus working together is really important in a good way. So do not touch that dial. We will be back in just a few minutes. And um, while you're uh, waiting for us to come back, check out CoventryCreations.com or WickedWitchStudios.com because, you know, with all these candles we're talking about, you got to start placing your orders before we run out. So we'll be right back. I let it fall.
welcome back to Keep It Magic Live. And if you have enjoyed the show, please hit the like button on the Blog Talk Radio page. Check out keepitmagic.com. We've got lots of articles and great stuff and follow-up. we got some great articles from Dorothy. And just so you know, in a couple of days, we're going to have some new articles for our March newsletter. Um, if you want to download the uh, podcast, go to iTunes and search Keep It Magic. And, or you can go to the Keep It Magic site and check out our archives there. So we, my friend, are moving on to Venus. Drive by Venus. Drive by Venus. Okay, Jackie is allowed one candle. <laughs> um, uh, Dorothy, quick soundbite, and I'm just going to give what this person needs um, in regards to their relationships. Uh, Venus and Aries, I'll start with. Uh, these particular Venus and Aries, which Dorothy has and um, Rihanna has, uh, they need adventure, passion, and romance. It's you know that's it, that, that's okay, probably ahead. why uh, women with Venus and Aries uh, always first go for the bad boy. There you go. And I would I would have to say loves enchantment, blessed herbal candles to keep it enchanted, passionate, hot, spicy, etc. Um, Venus and Taurus needs sensuality, practicality, comfort, and security, and a bottle of this massage oil probably won't hurt. <laughs> now, this one I might challenge you on because I think it's the lover pan candle. Um, because you get you get some of that. Or maybe we flip that. Use the lover pan for Aries and the love's enchantment for for Taurus. But those two are kind of interactive because they need that connection. I would stay with the lover's pan because pan is more ruby. Yep, more ruby. <laughs> <laughs> it likes to root, so. <clears throat> So does Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy, what do you have to add to Venus and Taurus? I don't have anything to add. You just go right on. Okay. Venus and Gemini needs to be stimulated by their partner's mind and possibly um, a computer with an encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think come to Mama. I, I think come to Mama because you, just, you connect on whatever level you need to connect with. Because that's gonna. Sometimes, sometimes um, Venus and Gemini is a little unemotional and high strung. Mm -hmm. So, 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 what would you do to squelch that? Red stilettos. Okay. Cleo May. That's what I would do. You need to make them hot. Yeah. It's stuck in their mind. You need to make them react. I don't think that you all would have any problems doing that, <laughs> as long as not they with can think new, about it. Not with the the new dress that my uh, Libra moon needed to buy today. <laughs> Everything will be quite around. Um, cancer and Venus. Venus and Cancer, um, the difficulty with it, of course, is it can be very, very moody, which needs to be dealt with. But what Cancer needs most of all is emotional bonding, so that they need the pure laying in bed Intimacy, talking, communicating, um, caring type of uh, just laying there with somebody and being all absorbed. Okay. Well, that's very easy. Emotional balance. You like that one? There's quiet. Crickets. Crickets. Yeah. yeah. I was waiting for Dorothy <laughs> to add it to cancer. No, no. I, I really don't have a lot to add to, to, to these Venus 
response be, because that that's more your forte than than mine. Um, but yeah, I think emotional balance would would be great with 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 that because you know if they're if they're you know sometimes they're afraid to let go that 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 cuddling talking stuff you know just lying there and being all absorbed you know in bed is great but the problem is they they don't want to let their partner get up and leave <laughs> so so yeah I, yeah so 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 I think yeah that that the emotional balance would you know would work real well Venus and Leo. Venus and Leo. Um, it hasn't met a Cleo May bottle it doesn't like, but mm-hmm. um, Venus and Leo needs to be adored in order to feel secure about themselves. Who's your mama? Who's your mama, Wicked Witch Mojo? Because you draw the people to you that are going to adore you. They're, you. You create minions. And and do you still have some of those in stock at Coventry? Absolutely. That's that's good because some of the candles you're recommending for are, are from the retiring line. So so I'm I'm glad to know that and I want your so people to know that they can on Coventry Yep, CoventryCreations.com. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I forgot that one. I love that one, that's why I keep going back to it. Okay. Virgo. Helping um, uh, this is this is Jackie's. Um Venus and Virgo needs to be in service to others in order to control the chaotic outer world. Helping hand because it it connects you with divine interaction. It helps you stay connected to the divine and to know that you're not alone and you'll always have that. You'll always have the service given to you as well. Yeah, definitely. Be serviced? Okay. Libra. (laughs) This is mine, Venus and Libra. Um, uh, Venus and Libra needs others in order to feel complete, God forbid. Uh, Well, I think you, uh, sorry, too, you need Tranquil Home and Guardian Protector. Wow. Why? Because that, um, when you be, when you need to be connected to others, that Libra needs that balance. That's the Tranquil Home Guardian Protector so you don't sell your soul. Um, or give away your personal power. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, Venus and Scorpio, because it's a, a, a roughy, um, I'm going to go through everything with it. Uh-huh. Uh, Venus and Scorpio, it seeks relationships that are transformational. Um, used positively, it is erotic, sexually intense, and powerful. Um, when it is uh, challenging, Venus and Scorpio is obsessive, lustful, and deceptive. Um, in relationships, Venus and Scorpio needs emotional intensity. Hmm. I would have to drama queen. Yeah, drama queen. But I would say this is this is red stilettos is would describe it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say red stilettos would yeah. feed that. It would absolutely feed that. What would you do for the challenging aspects, Jackie? Um. Um. Uh, they can get very very obsessed with who they're in a relationship with, and they like that. to dominate them. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, so the Prozac candle is the heart candle. Okay. <laughs> or the emotional balance. Or the emotional balance, yeah. Uh, Sagittarius in relationships, Venus and Sagittarius needs their romantic visions, and they need to be mentally stimulated. So they haven't met a porn movie they don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that would have to be Pan. We'll go back to Pan. 
Stilettos, Cleo May. Hi, John. Oh, no. Hi, John. Sorry. I only got one. Hi, John. I didn't pre-write it down. If you're, Jackie, now, if somebody is having a little bit of a difficulty with being involved with a man that has a zipper problem, what would you suggest? Um, scales of justice. Okay. Venus in Capricorn. I, you know, I, I would suggest just killing him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of scales of justice. Okay. <laughs> The scales of justice is the doom candle sort of way. <laughs> yeah. No, um, sucks to be you. Sorry, sucks to be you. Okay. This, and that is a candle. It's yeah. the Wicked Witch Mojo. It oh. is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Venus and Capricorn, um, this is uh, Jackie's husband. Um, uh, he needs to feel comfortable with his position in the world. Well, that's the um, that's the crown of glory. Crown yeah. of Glory. Venus and Aquarius. And I'm going to cover all because it's, it's another roughy, and so is Venus and Pisces. Venus and Aquarius seek relationships that are unorthodox. Um, Venus and Aquarius used positively is progressive, experimental, and eccentric. Um, when it is challenging, it can be uh, fanatical, it can be deviant and unpredictable and unfaithful. Um, in relationships, Venus in Aquarius needs freedom and open-mindedness. So if you're involved with a Venus in Aquarius man, the freakier you get, the better. <laughs> <laughs> Are it, you it, hearing me, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think you need an inspiration candle because you need new ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the time. And you need a Kindle porn book. <laughs> Just to get your ideas going there. Um, uh, what candle? You, is that the only one, Jesse? You would. Use? Yeah, it would be the inspiration. Um, but if you need to to quiet it down a little bit. Um, then just anything brown, the happy home or the earth or the um, goddess or the guardian protector, those those things. And there's also if um, uh, you know if you're not feeling like it, and you know your husband always is, there's this wonderful little thing called saltpeter that may actually work as well. <laughs> Pisces, give me some Pisces. And Venus and Pisces six relationships that satisfy their romantic longings. Now, use positively, it's flowing, receptive, and sacrificing. When it is challenging, uh, Venus and Pisces is codependent, delusional, and escapist. Uh, in relationships, they need emotional fusion. This is very, 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 very difficult. Um, people that have Venus and Pisces usually want to merge with the other individual, and they often lose themselves um, uh, uh, in regards to their relationships. Also, with this one and why Venus and Pisces can be very, very difficult is because the, the, um, that merging vision that needs to sacrifice oneself that um, is usually found because they're seeking redemption in some way. Um, so it, this can be a very, very difficult Venus. Even though that she's considered exalted in Pisces, it can be very difficult. Um, inner balance. Inner balance. The inner balance candles, by the way. <laughs> Inner balance, but also spiritual cleansing if it gets too much and you need to disconnect from somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all the Venus Now, if you're wondering what the heck to do with this moon candle and this Venus candle of you and your partner and all that other happy jazz, um, 
what I would say is I would literally put them, align them um, crosswise from each other. Uh, make make a cross with them. Um, your Venus diagonal to his Venus, your moon diagonal to his moon, so it all starts to work together and you can start building a relationship. And then I would put one candle in the middle, which I would put the peace candle from the world magic line. Because what you want to do is, okay, here's my Libra talking, so back off. <laughs> what you want to do is have everybody everybody's energy working together. And would you burn them a little at a time, like a, a little every day, and then the next day move them closer together toward, toward that peace candle? I would. And I, there's a reason why I would only do a little bit every day. is because if you try and do it all at once, everybody rebels. Mm-hmm. It's just like there's a saying that you can everyone can handle a 10% shift in anything. Just do a little 10% shift. Everybody can handle that. And eventually all those 10% shifts add up. Yeah. So let yeah. it let it be a little more natural and to bring everything together in that regard. So this was a big show. So one yeah. thing before we close, uh-huh. Billboard has put up a poll that basically says, what do you think about the Chris Brown and Rihanna thing? Um, 16.65% said that they're it's great. I'm glad they're back together. 30.18% said, I've lost respect for them both, and this should never should have happened. And 50.06% said, um, I don't care about their personal lives. It's about the music, and the music is hot. Huh. How interesting is that? Huh. Hmm. So I guess apparently, they, about apparently they did care about their personal lives, or, or they wouldn't have even weighed in on the poll. Yeah. Uh. Gone there. <laughs> you need to go post that comment, Dorothy. Uh. <laughs> but, well, but then again, you know, that's that. You know, that's my Scorpio moon bringing it back down to the bare bones. So, <laughs> right. And then here's Jackie's Libra moon saying, "Can't we all just get along?" <laughs> so I want to thank absolutely everyone for joining us and sticking with us through our extended show for learning about their moons and their Libras and, and how they're interacting. I highly suggest get a little more information, look at how your moon and Libra interacts. And you know what? There's a guy I know. His name is Storm Sestivani, and he can do a reading for you on that. And you can reach him off the air at psychicfriendsnow.com and book a reading with him. And um, if you want, again, more information on the show and our articles, and Storm does a great monthly um, cosmic forecast. Go to keepitmagic.com. If you want to learn more about Dorothy Morrison and all of her wise, wise ways, um, she is our favorite witch, uh, you know, our favorite witch ever. And you can find her at wickedwitchstudios.com. You can find all of her books um, pretty much in any bookstore you walk into. I suggest you buy three, four, ten. All of them. You should get all of them. She's in a tarot deck. Look for that. Um, so you can uh, find her at wickedwitchstudios.com. I do readings myself. If you want a private consultation with myself, you can find me at coventrycreations.com. And you can find everything you need on our fan page on Facebook, which is Keep It Magic, or there's another one, Keep In It Magic. We tweet, we Facebook, look for us. And um, download the podcast because you know you're going to want to listen to this a couple more times. 
thank you everyone for being here today. And we have some great shows coming up um, this month, too. We've got one more show with Dorothy, which we're going to wrap up all of this love stuff and have some some open discussions on that. Um, Lori and Carilla will be on the 6th of March talking about Ostara and the magic of spring. On the 13th of March, we're very excited to bring on Raven Digitalis. We have, um, and on the, the last week, last Tuesday in March, we're bringing on Christopher Penzik. So we've got a lot of big hitters coming for you. Put us on your calendar. Get the reminder from Blog Talk Radio. And I want you to have a great day. And what do they need to do, Storm? They need to keep it magic. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.